Welcome to Two Sides to the Story with Ted and Lori. I'm Ted Zaleski. And I'm Lori Hirstetter. Today we are bringing you an episode that's a bit of a follow-up to episode 24 in which Ted interviewed me. He asked me some interesting questions about my reading as a child, uh, which was my mom reading to me and then me reading to my mom and then fast forward many years to me reading to my own children. And this is, um, we're actually sitting a week and a day before Mother's Day. So it's something I reflected on a little bit more after the show was recorded. And um, in anticipation of Mother's Day, had not only thoughts of my own from that interview, but also talked with some friends. Um, my gym friends are good friends and, and I feel sorry for them sometimes that I talk so much about this podcast at the gym. And I was having a conversation with one of my gym friends who is listening to the podcast and mentioned a book that his mom had written for their family. And we got talking a little bit about that and, and how that came to be. And he could tell that I was very interested. So he actually brought the book in for me to read. And I'm not going to give away too much about the book because I think this is going to lead to uh, an interview of its own. But his mom, um, her name is Carol, wrote this book for their family about a squirrel named Leroy. And his adventure looked a little bit like uh, the book that we've read and talked about recently, The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse. Same general ideas of kindness and friendship and love and support. So it just got me thinking along the lines of what else? What else could we do with this? This, what I will call, I think this episode will be called Book Moms. On our website, we have a section devoted to book people and moms um, that are book lovers is a special category of its own. Of course, because I'm in that club. <laughs> Nothing against book dads, but I just know a little more about them. Things like how to find time to read and what to read and what to read to your children. So it led us on a path, just not just me, I just started it. But Ted and I both have spent some time in the last couple of days looking around at some book mom things. So again, I'm going to save details about the book um, that my friend's mom wrote for another time, but you found a book that is a local author that was about um, a child, and that was one that I have not read and you have. So do you want to share a little bit about this book mom and her story? Well, I had not read the book until this all came Oh, up. that's right. You went researching and then read it quickly, as Ted tends to do. Yeah, uh, Lori was thinking through this Mother's Day episode and said, didn't you send me something about some event with a mother who helped her son write a book? Mm -hmm. I said, oh, it sounds vaguely familiar. Uh, got in touch with our library friend, Lisa Picker, and three seconds later... <laughs> <laughs> As is Lisa's style. <laughs> we ha had, the, had the book, and... It was actually an event with the library and Likely Story Bookstore in Sykesville uh, to um, share this book with the public. 
So it's called Andrew's Awesome Adventures with His ADHD Brain. It's by uh, Kristen Wilcox, the mother, and Andrew. And she is a has a PhD in pharmacology. Uh, she's very interested in you know how drugs and medicines can help with various things and. She had this son who had ADHD and started thinking about, well, what's out there? And found that she didn't come up with very much. And it eventually led to an idea of, well, Andrew, let's do a book and help people understand. One thing I learned, aware of ADHD, I guess never really thought that much about it. But there are kind of three classes. Uh, I think one is what people often assume, you know, kind of hyperactivity. It's not Andrew. He has uh, which is characterized by inattentiveness or trouble focusing on things. Mm. And then there could be combinations of those two things. So the book is kind of divided into two halves. Andrew wrote eight chapters talking about ADHD and him and how it affects his life. Then his mother wrote seven chapters. I love that. Talking about his ADHD and how it affects her life. Two sides to the story. <laughs> yes. And in some cases, they're actually sh stories that come up in both places. You know, so Told you, from each's yeah. perspective. Right. Oh, that's great. So, um, Lori asked me about this book, What's Your 60-Second Summary? And I was busy preparing for uh, an interview <laughs> yes. that I did, uh, did, um, did on my own. So, um, we weren't both preparing for it. And I answered her with my summary of the other book, which turned out to be a good thing, though, because I used it in the interview, and the author really liked what, what I said. Oh, really? Oh, that's cool. You can imagine there are a lot of texts that go back and forth between Ted and I uh, because of the show. And it was a funny little mix up because I was responding to a, a text that you had sent me earlier and you thought that I was responding because it was actually the day of your interview. So that was certainly first and foremost on your mind at the time. So yeah, your, your one um, sentence summary surprised me. And I think I said, that's not what I expected yes, it would be about. <laughs> And and I think I said, well, what did you expect? Right. And then that's where we figured out we weren't yeah. talking about the same thing. Exactly. But that led me then to a similar, how do I say this really quickly for this book? And my thing I came up with was the world looks different to somebody with ADHD. Okay. So um, back to Mother's Day. Yeah, this one, yes. this one came in, yeah. another aspect of mothers and, and reading, and in this case, uh, actually writing. Yeah, if you sort of break this down into the different categories of this show, all being related to Mother's Day, that, you know, very first part is Lori walking down memory lane <laughs> about my mom and about me as a mother and as a reader. And then the second piece is about moms that have written books um, about or for their children. So my friend Mike's mom, Carol, 
which we'll get into a, a lot more when we get a talk, a chance to talk with Carol um, in person. And then this mom um, writing this book with her son about ADHD. So that's the second segment. The third. Before you go on. Yes. One thing I meant to, meant to say. Yeah. Uh, Kristen and Andrew yeah. uh, live in Sykesville. So they're local. Uh, where, mm-hmm. like the story bookstore is, mm-hmm. although I believe Andrew has gone on to college now, so maybe oh. he's not. As local, yeah. yeah. So um, the third segment is about uh, the book people, the book moms, who are involved in running bookstores. We have three in Carroll County. You've heard us mention them many times. And we've been hoping to sit down with each one of them to do an interview. And it was a little aggressive to think that we could sit down and talk to each one of them for this episode, given that I came up with the idea a week ago. But we did contact all three and had some level of interaction um, with each of them. So in today's show, we're going to give you a little something from each And we're actually getting to do an in-person interview with the Rudolph Girls. They are the local bookstore right here in Westminster. In fact, uh, they are right across the street from Exploration Commons, where we record the shows. So they're going to close up the shop and they're going to come on over here. And we're going to interview them um, about their role um, as moms and how it affects running a bookstore and other things in their life. And I actually happen to have a personal tie-in um, to the one owner. Uh, her name is Allie. Uh, we knew each other when we were both young moms. So we'll tell you that story as uh, Allie and Nikki join us from Rudolph Girls in just a minute. We have Allie from Rudolph Girls Bookstore with us now. Uh, Nikki will be joining us shortly. We're going to talk a little bit about the bookstore and books and reading and some connections that Lori and Allie had. It definitely relates to Mother's Day because Allie and I met years ago when we were both young moms uh, participating in the Moms Club. And I don't know about you, but for me, it was, I love my my child dearly, but I needed adult interaction. Um, At home all day with with just my little one was um, just, I needed more. And so I joined this local mom's club group and it was socialization for my youngster, but it was also adult socialization for me. And it was all sorts of cool activities that, that we would do, whether it was a play date at a park or a dinner for the moms and the kids were at home with dad. Um, And there was even a book club. Mm -hmm. So why don't we start with that? Our days in the moms club and what you remember about those days. Well, it's funny because in thinking about it, I was trying to think of how we all would get connected and would know what was going on. And I just had a reality check that made me feel super old (laughs) because we were in that group before most anyone had Facebook. True. I don't think we had cell phones to text each other. I distinctly remember when I would go to a new mom's house for an event, mm-hmm. I'd be printing directions on Mel. Oh my goodness, Al, you're so, so it right. makes it sound like we like we're a little house old. on the prairie. <laughs> <laughs> 
couple days. In our room skirts all the month. But really, I mean, it was only, you know, 17, 18 years ago, but uh-huh. that much has changed a in that period of time. has changed. I would not have thought of that, but you're absolutely right. How did we ever survive? I, I remember I kept directions to everyone's house in the console of my Forerunner so mm-hmm. that I could pull them back out and get to the place the next time. Yeah. So we have this time together then. You remembered more about the book clubs than I did. So just give a couple of highlights because book clubs have come a long way too. Also because of social media and all of the different ways you can get access to a book. Name a book or two that you remember from the book clubs of the Moms Club days. Um, I don't remember whose idea it was, but I distinctly remember that we decided when we started it that whoever hosted would serve food that somehow tied into the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I distinctly remember reading The Glass Castle and going to someone's house and she had made this gorgeous cake that looked like a sand castle, like one of the ones wow. you would see in like a contest of Ocean City. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think after that, it sort of fizzled out because no one could compete with it. No one wanted to say, and I'll go next. Yeah, because how can you compete with a glass castle cake? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, but it was fun. But it was um, it was very much like most book clubs, I think, that people are in. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it was like more of like that social adult social. time mm-hmm. than it was about the book. Yes. Um, that's been one of the neat things about doing the book clubs through the bookstore yeah. is that for the most part everybody's strangers. Yeah. You know, I mean, doing it for a while, people are getting to know each other a bit. Yeah. But that way, you do actually kind of talk about the book. book. (laughs) Isn't that the idea? (laughs) Right. It was all about the socialization for us. But in this case, you start as strangers. Mm -hmm. It's about the book first. Right. And then maybe friendships are developed. Mm -hmm. Ours was the opposite. Right. Friendship first. And, oh, oh, yeah, there's a book on the table, too. I probably would have struggled with that. Wait a second. Why aren't we going to talk about this right. book? Yeah. <laughs> That's why you're not in a mom's club. <laughs> book clubs for boys probably looks very different than book clubs for ladies. <laughs> so, all right, if we flash forward, I don't know if this is absolutely 100% for sure, but we may not have seen each other again until Hello Bookstore. Maybe once or twice mm-hmm. over the years, but, you know, book club, mom's club, goes away, we move on to other phases mm-hmm. of life, and then here we are all these years later, and both in the book world, just in different ways. So let's talk a little bit about Hello Bookstore. Um, we've brought this up on an episode. It hasn't been its own episode, but uh, it's a documentary that was done by the Carroll Arts Theater, and it's about bookstores and their um, struggle to survive through a difficult time. So your impressions of that documentary and then relating it to your own experience opening a bookstore. We enjoyed it. And there was a lot about it that we couldn't relate to. The The man who owns the bookstore, I think it's in Massachusetts, um, mm-hmm. that's the focus of the documentary. He has had his store for a really, really long time mm-hmm. when the pandemic starts, whereas our experience was opening more toward the the maybe not tail end but certainly over the hump yeah of of the pandemic so so that part like seeing how he had to manage the contactless delivery and and all of that was um you know we've heard a lot about that from booksellers who were open then sure um 
But then there were other things like when a shipment of books come in and he says, it's like every day is Christmas. Nick and I looked at each other in the theater and we were like, that's how <laughs> yes, we feel all the time. We say that all the time. Um, and there were other like that, that, mm -hmm. um, that we realized, you know, really kind of, you know, we recognize that or that seems familiar. And it had the family element too, because we watched in the documentary, his daughter being pregnant. And by the end of the documentary, oh, right. there was the little baby. one was in the star. I think if there was a moment in that documentary where I teared up, mm -hmm. that was it. When he was in the store with the little one, mm -hmm. he's got his grandchild and you just kind of watched the entire progression of that family unit grow and its introduction. Oh, look, Nikki's here. Come in, come <laughs> So we're in Exploration Commons recording this episode. Nikki had to close up the store. So we started with Allie because she and I had some things to talk about from our, um, our mom's club experience. And now Nikki has joined us. Everything go okay at the end of the day for you? Oh, yeah. All right, great. Well-oiled machine. <laughs> we were just talking about Hello Bookstore. Oh, yes. Yeah, just the sort of differences and similarities. You know, that Ali was saying how he had lived through years prior to COVID, and then it happened, and you're still in the book business, where you guys entered the book business when this was going on. So thoughts from you about that that night, uh, thoughts and feelings that you had watching and, and relating it to what you guys are doing. Yeah, I mean, there were definitely parallels, I feel like, from um, watching the way that uh, Matt had to kind of pivot and handle things differently. We had the, I guess, advantage of knowing some of that information. So before we even opened, we had a plan for going online and having um, people being able to come into the store before hours if they wanted to shop or pick up their books um, and do things like that. So we, you know, we had a little bit of an advantage just knowing how other bookstores were handling COVID. Mm -hmm. Alex started to mention the other day all of the connections that you have that as you're trying to get the store open or maybe even since you have that there are all these resources that are other booksellers in different locations that support each other. Can you talk a little bit about that? I love that there's such a community about it. I think, I really think it's because, first of all, book people are just awesome. Good people. They're, yeah. just, they're just good people. Yeah. Um, what did we say during, I think, um, when we did the biz challenge thing, we said, you know, they're just all these really nice nerds who have all of this information <laughs> and are happy to share it with anybody. Um, and honestly, I, I also think not all, but I would say more than 90% of the booksellers we've met and interacted with are women yeah. um, and very, very supportive of one another um, and all kind of at different stages in life and like very understanding of what it's like to be trying to be a business owner at this particular stage. Sure. Um, I, know, I think Annie's my favorite story of, oh, yeah. yes. So Nick? Nick arranged that. Like, okay. before we ever opened the store, Nick, um, I don't want to say you have internet friends, because that makes you sound weird, and you're no, not weird. I mean, <laughs> it's a little bit weird. I have a community, an online Facebook community of people that, um, most of which at the time, I hadn't, I had never met in person, um, and they were just like my nerd friends, but we're all book people, so I just reached out to them. I said, hey, you know, give me the name 
of the bookstores that you like to visit mm -hmm. in your hometowns. And we got this long list and we contacted all of them and a bunch got back to us and said that they would be happy to talk to us about opening a bookstore and answer our questions. We set up Google Classroom meetings with a bunch of them. And one of them was um, a bookseller. She owns two bookstores, um, three, right? She owns um, a bookstore in Mystic, Connecticut, um, a bookstore in Rhode Island, and then kind of a pop-up bookstore. Well, she's got good taste. Those are both places yes. that I want to go. So that sounds road trip, Ted. <laughs> well, so we literally did that. So, did you? So we opened mm -hmm. in June, in August, I'm sorry, and the June before, mm -hmm. we did a road trip that was like a combination um, taking my daughter for some college visits uh, up in Boston okay. and then visiting Annie's stores in Mystic and in Waverly, Rhode Island. And um, I just... Like, when we walked in and she said to the other bookseller, she was like, come meet my Rudolph sisters. Oh, how cool like she is was, that? She's just, and she's been on the board of the ABA and, mm -hmm. like, just this wealth of knowledge. Mm -hmm. on, on that list, I'd like I'd like to see that list sometime. You know, when I travel to other cities, mm -hmm. one thing I always do is find, find a mm -hmm. bookstore there. So it'd be good for that, too. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, Lori talking about a road trip. Um, you know, part of what we're doing is going out to bookstores and talking to people, but also looking for books and talking about how we find books. Yeah. Uh, we haven't gone very far yet. Um, the furthest has been me. Uh, I had a little mini vacation. I went to Virginia and visited some books um, on the northern neck of Virginia while I was there. Um, and Ted always jokes that, you know, in order for us to go all over, we're going to need some sponsors to make that happen. <laughs> and, you know, if you'd like to support the road trips, but we call it good book hunting. So every bookstore has a different vibe mm -hmm. and a different feel and the conversations and interactions that we have, because I would agree with you, book people are amazing, um, is always a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. So besides the community that you have online and these other booksellers, obviously you have to have the support of friends and family to make this all happen. And even the name of your shop indicates, and you've said on your website just succinctly that you've always been the Rudolph Girls, that it's the two of you and, and your mom. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us a little bit about the family dynamic and what I would say, um, you know, what inspired the bookstore from early years even maybe to get to this point, do you think? Is this related to your mom growing up? Is, is there a story there? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, we grew up, um, our mother was a single mom for almost our entire lives. Um, and she, I mean, there was no mystery. She, you know, had to provide for us and mm -hmm. it was hard sometimes. Um, she did always talk about, she loves to cook and she loves to entertain. Mm -hmm. So she always talked about dreaming of opening a bed and breakfast someday or opening an inn or something like that. Love that. So um, I think there was always something in us about how empowering it would be to own your own business yes. and to go into business for yourself. Mm -hmm. So when we talked about doing this, um, there was just like that little bit of, you know, wouldn't mom be so proud if we, you know, achieved the, this thing that she always wanted to do? Yeah. 
And mom was always reading. Like, looking back now, like, having, like, my kids are 15 and 18 now. And when I think about when they were little and how little time I had to read. Yes. And I have a supportive husband who is there and doing things and helping out. Mm -hmm. Um, But all through childhood, I always remember mom reading. Um, And the kinds of, like, it was was Danielle Steele and Mary Higgins Clark. And it was, you know, all of those um, and I think I was telling you this story recently. Like, so we grew up primarily in um, an apartment complex okay. in Glen Burnie, and it had a pool that was like our the, home, the place every summer. Absolutely. Um, and I was probably ten or eleven when I started. Like, mom was at work, and we probably at that point may have still had a babysitter who technically was walking up to the pool with us, but not paying any attention to what I was reading. Mm-hmm. So the the ten or eleven year old with her Daniel Steele at the <laughs> pool. <laughs> Um, <laughs> attracted a little bit of attention. <laughs> I bet it did. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, I think that the seeds of Rudolph Girls were planted, planted very early. A very, very long time ago. Yes. We just didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. I um, think it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And I'm very curious, too, about your role as educators, both of you. Um, and it's and another sort of related piece to this. We call the, the show Two Sides to the Story. And there are a lot of reasons. Guy, girl, the way we approach reading, et cetera, et cetera. But I think you guys have a two sides, too. Nonfiction, fiction is what... It, and it's We're going to have to update that. It's we never, really are. It's never that, that clean, right? right. It just yeah. isn't. Um, my reading has definitely been influenced by Ted and the show. So I've expanded my horizon. Mm-hmm. So you just said we need to update that. So tell me about that. Who who Are you both crossing boundaries now that you own a bookshop and all these books are looking at you all day that are in different categories that you're used to? Mm, I wouldn't <laughs> say that. Okay. Much, but all definitely right. Allie, for sure. So now you enjoy fiction? It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> you just made Ted very happy. <laughs> um, yeah, and I... It's been very interesting to me because I can really see then how what I, and this seems like it should be so obvious, but I've really been able to see, especially in the last year, how what I choose to read and what I'm consuming all the time Mm -hmm. really impacts my mood and my outlook. Sure. Um, And I, I love learning things and I love nonfiction and I'm very interested in reading um, specifically about social justice and history and, um, history of marginalized groups but man if that is the only thing you are (laughs) taking in all the time and then we live in this world that there's always something terrible going on um so I don't know that I really ever I did when we were younger I know I use books as an escape but I don't think that I had been doing that as an adult and Mm -hmm. it's fun Mm -hmm. So you're enjoying reading. I've always enjoyed reading. In a different way. So now for the most part, like I still read primarily nonfiction during the week. Mm -hmm. And then every weekend I pick a fun book and I read a fun book for the weekend. So what's your most recent fun book for the weekend? Um, The Lucy Score. Okay. Books. I really enjoy So plural. So now you're on a path. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so you haven't broken out of the fiction. Nonfiction's still not your oh, thing. No. I mean, I try. <laughs> I, I've read some nonfiction for a book club. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's it's harder for me. It's, I, I, I kind of slog through okay. nonfiction books. Yeah. I have to go back and reread things, and it takes me a while to process what I've read. Um, but for me, 
a fiction, and especially when COVID started, mm-hmm. I just devoured every book I could get my hands on, um, probably as a way to escape. <laughs> so do you remember any uh, nonfiction books you've tried? Uh, my most recent nonfiction book that I've read was Braiding Sweetgrass, which was actually a gorgeous book, and I'm glad that I'm glad that we did that. I'm glad that I read it. Um, going to be incorporating a lot of what I learned um, moving forward, so that was really good. Um, you know, yeah, Lori and I were talking episode not too long ago. I think I said maybe three quarters of my reading is fiction and one quarter nonfiction. I think you did. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, in, in any in any short time, that's not always the same. Sometimes I, I get on a roll with, with something. But over a long period of time, it probably how it breaks out for me. But when I read nonfiction, um, the things I choose to read at least, uh, I find it just as fun and exciting as, as nonfiction. Yes, I think some of it you know, might just be, you know, what book. Now, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're reading about social injustice and maybe it's not not fun but even even there there was a book i read i think it might have been the one maryland one book a couple years ago a guy started he had a he was um working as an attorney for people who were on death row down south Mm -hmm. does that sound familiar it was the uh just mercy yes Mm -hmm. just mercy yes a fascinating Mm -hmm. book i mean really sad i mean horrible stuff in it but you know uh, compelling reading, mm-hmm. and there are other things you know that I that I read, and a word that I end up using a lot of time is fascinating. You know, I, mm-hmm. I read a nonfiction book and I say, "Wow, that that was fascinating." Uh, but part of it is I usually have some idea what I'm going to be reading now. When years ago, I would just pick up books and read them and mm-hmm. you know, see what's there. I found a lot of good stuff that way, but now. I tend to have um, a much better idea when I pick up a book that it's something I'm going to be interested in. Mm-hmm. And so, Nick also sorry, no, okay. got me um, very into audiobooks. Like, I wow. never had been mm-hmm. super into audiobooks. So when we opened the store, Nick was the one who set up our Libro FM account since they work with independent bookstores. And you can select, you know, your local independent bookstore to receive part of your credits from Libro yes. if that's where you get your audiobooks. So for a long time, like Nick was the one who explained that to everybody, and she was our expert. But every time she would tell someone about why she enjoyed it, she would say, basically, it means I can be reading twice the amount of books. And I thought, well, I'm going to read twice the amount of books. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so you're speeding it up? No, no but because like, I'm reading a physical book. While. But I'm also listening to a book. Not at the same time. <laughs> I don't recommend doing that. <laughs> Yeah. You're yeah. talented. Yeah. <laughs> like before I go to bed at night or whatever, I have my book mm-hmm. on my bedside. Yeah. But then when I'm walking the dog or yes. when I'm out in the garden okay. or when I'm cooking dinner and no one else is around, I'm it lets you multitask. Mm-hmm. I definitely yeah. can see that. Absolutely. Um, and this Librio, I it was completely unfamiliar to me until we learned of independent bookstore day and we were sort of doing our research to see what events were going on what do we want to participate in and the Mm -hmm. first place we looked was the local three bookstores in our county to see what are they doing what special events and it came up with two out of three of you that and i'm like what is that that did they do the golden ticket uh yes yes we signed up yeah yeah. you found a golden ticket and you got a free year of 
Libra. Uh, yeah, and I just didn't even know what Libra was. And yeah. I'm thinking exactly like you said, I am um, time, there's never enough time for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and time management is important and it is a way to make it happen is it, it gives you the ability to multitask. Um, you said your mom loves to cook. That's me. Cooking with an audiobook going on is just that just sounds like a way that I just expanded my world that I can do both at the same time. Mm-hmm. Usually I listen to music when I cook. I can see me switching gears and now trying to get a few more books in. So mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. Yeah, this is off topic, but you made me think about something to, to mention. Independent Book Day, we went to the uh, Annapolis Book Festival mm-hmm. at, okay. at the Key School. Yeah. And we had a little conversation afterwards uh, next year. We are going to go participate in the festival and do a podcast episode from there. Mm-hmm. Oh, fun. So more to come someday. <laughs> and along those lines, this is, you know, Lori and her balloons and ideas and everything. Part of the reason I wanted to go there was that I'm thinking Carroll County needs something like that. So it was in my mind research is mm-hmm. how can we take some notes from this event and apply it to something that we do here. So us and you and the other bookstores may have to have yeah. some conversations with the library mm-hmm. and see what we can come up with for an event like that in mm-hmm. Carroll County. Carroll County does an amazing job. We have so many book type things going on, but that is building. I think our community of book lovers is is growing. So maybe we'll have our own book festival. Lori has a never ending stream. <laughs> it doesn't stop. I, I had not heard that idea <laughs> until just I hadn't now. shared that one with you. No. Oh, okay. Well, there's a long list. <laughs> So probably 10 minutes ago, (laughs) we were on a track about you as educators. And that's what got me to the nonfiction and fiction, Mm -hmm. because knowing that you uh, teach at McDaniel and it's a writing course and that you do the story time at the store, Mm -hmm. I'd like to hear more about both. So whoever wants to go first, but tell us about your independent ventures inside of your store space together and other things that you're both doing. Great. So, yeah, so we knew, I mean, opening the bookstore that we were definitely going to want to do a story time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think just because of my background in um, early childhood and um, teaching kindergarten for so many years, it just kind of naturally um, became my, you know, kind of, thing to plan the story times and the crafts and things like that. Yeah. Now, I will say, though, that there have been a few times where Allison has been the one to plan the craft or whatever, and it's always been super great. Okay, I so never made not... salt dough so that the children could make little ponds with their dots. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... When we tell you that we have a free story time and craft every Saturday at 11, like, these are not coloring pages. These are, like... This is back the, to... The Martha Stewart of crafting over here <laughs> coming up with You're really amazing You're being too humble, Nikki, apparently. <laughs> I'm coming to your story time. You I should. want to see these creations. Yeah, it's amazing. More it's amazing. people at story time, for sure. I'm planning to attend the Flower and Jazz Festival on Saturday, and I mentioned already when we recorded this part before you came that uh, your... Um, epi- your episode, our episode, <laughs> your story time next Saturday is a book I was not familiar with. All right. But the I Love You with the the little cat, very hungry caterpillar. Is this like a follow up book too? Or there are a ton of them. Yeah, I was just really? telling somebody Everybody about that at the them. store today because she didn't realize that those books were a thing and. Just any, every season, every holiday, every, every person in your event, life. Yeah, like, <laughs> has a Very Hungry Caterpillar book 
So there's a great, there's a great birthday one. The owners of the collision course. um, Oh yeah. Yeah. Tony's 40th birthday was last month and his wife had asked people to record uh, video record greetings nice. for him for his birthday. Mm-hmm. So we did like a story time for Tony and read the very hungry caterpillar's birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's there's and I'm that, a big fan of children's books, but a lot of mine are old school from my earlier years of being a reader myself and reading to my kids. So I'm not as up to date on the more recent. I know about the original, Very Hungry Caterpillar. I had no idea there was a whole series. So another favorite um, young person author that I think is more applicable to adults is uh, Kobe Yamada. Are you familiar? Oh, he's got a series of books. Okay, I'll send you something. Um, I have not done anything on the website yet about it, and I'd love to. And it's just beautiful illustrations and touching messages, and it just... It's really good stuff. So maybe that could be a future story time. Yeah. And so, then speaking of illustrations, yeah. Nick also does um, a camp at the Art Center each oh, summer. Oh, do you? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Last year, we actually did an Eric Carle camp. Uh-huh. So every day. Um, it was for the younger mm-hmm. learners. Sure. So five to seven years old. So I can't come. <laughs> you can come and help me. I, I would love to do that. Um, <laughs> Every day we would uh, read a book by Eric Carle. We would do some kind of either reading or math activity. Mm-hmm. Um, we would make art, and then we would have some kind of snack that ties into one of the books. So we're doing the same thing this coming summer, except we are going to be focusing on one of my favorite illustrators, Christian Robinson. Mm. So we're really excited. Are about you an it. illustrator yourself? Um, no. Like artsy things, okay. I would not consider myself an illustrator now. Well, if you do need an extra pair of hands during the camp, I am not kidding. I love children, <laughs> I love craft time, I love story time, and I read more children's books than I do adult books. Yeah. So, if if you want an extra pair of hands, I'd be happy to come. Okay, well, and I have it recorded now. So. Now, now it's <laughs> yeah, right. I can't get out of it. So, um, back to something that happened before you came is that we were talking about our mom's club experience together, oh, Allie yes. and I. And she was mentioning the superstar person who made this incredible cake based on what was the name of the glass and that like it set the bar so high. So I'm getting the visual that she is the mm-hmm. version of that for your store, um, knocking out some amazing mm-hmm. arts and crafts activities. Yeah. So anybody listening who has kids has to go check <laughs> out story time. And there's a chance you might run into Lori there because she's a big kid herself. <laughs> All right, how about you, Allie? Tell us about your writing class at McDaniel. Um, So I taught 7th through 12th grade in the public school system, and I was always taking classes. Um, So I got my certification as a pupil personnel worker, and I got my certification as an administrator and just was constantly taking classes. Mm -hmm. Um, And took I didn't go to McDaniel for um, any of my degrees, but took quite a few classes there and just always really liked it. And everybody who has anything to do with McDaniel just loves it. Mm So originally, Nick and I were going to split a support position at a local middle school the first year the bookstore was open because we had been a little bit nervous. Like, is it going to work? Right. Is it it going to work? Yeah. And after our opening weekend, we we sat down and we're like, we we, we, this is this is going to happen. Yeah, Yeah. this is going to happen, and and we can make it really good, but we have to give a hundred percent to it. So we did. Goosebumps. So, So we didn't do that support position that year. Um, and then this, like this time last year, you know, um, my 
oldest signed her committed letter to where she was going to go to school. And we were looking at, you know, between her and her brother, eight straight years of college mm -hmm. tuition payments. Mm -hmm. So um, I reached out and McDaniel hired me this year. So I taught like their very intro to writing class in the fall. And this semester I've taught the, um, it's called 1101, just intro to college writing. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's been great. Like it's just sort of allowed me to use a different part of my brain that yes. I like. Yeah. Um, and still have connections with students, mm -hmm. which I really like. Um, and every once in a while, one of them pops up in the bookstore, which is fun. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a small community that, you know, downtown Westminster is a lot going on. And anyone who's at McDaniel is coming down the road to do something, whether it's shop or go to a restaurant or what have you. So you're bound to see right. lots of familiar faces. Do you get many of the college students? We do. We do. Um, I think that it takes them a little bit to find us, but then once they do, um, some of our, especially some of our non-book stuff is mm -hmm. just kind of a little fun and quirky and a little more progressive than stuff that they might find in other places. Mm -hmm. um, so we definitely have have a start. Um, and there, are, I, I have a lot of students who go to the um, comic book store once a week. Oh, so really? there's which yeah. is downstairs from us. Yeah. So definitely there's, there's, some McDaniel folks traveling downtown every day. We have a downtown bookstore, Locust mm -hmm. Books. Um, right on Main Street. Yeah. Just a yeah. Few, few doors away from you. Yeah. Uh, does that come up in your store? Do people? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. People reminisce about Locust Books. Yes. I think they're glad to see that there's a bookstore in town again. Yeah. Um, so I think that's worth mentioning is your location, mm -hmm. because I do think that is a challenge, that if, even if people are interested in finding you, you have to go a little further than the typical GPS to get there, because you're sort of tucked in. So let's talk about that so everybody knows how to find you. If you're in downtown Westminster, the mm -hmm. corner is Johansson's, and I don't know what's at that spot across from it yet, but you come up the street just a little ways and are, you're not directly across from the library. But we are directly across from Exploration Commons. Mm -hmm. You know what? That's yeah, a perfect so. landmark. So yeah. where we record the episode is attached to the library. Mm -hmm. Exploration Commons, brand new, stands tall. It's lit up. You can't miss it. And it is absolutely directly across from you. Okay. So right across is the entrance to where your store is, but it's not on the main street. You have to go into Locust. It's the Winchester, Winchester. Exchange building. Okay. And it says on the windows yeah. of the building, it says Winchester <laughs> Exchange. Okay. And there's also a sign around back. So around back, like near where Paradiso and Lost Lion are, there's that big parking lot and you can get into the building that way. As Which well. is actually the better way to go unless you're already somewhere else right. downtown because you have a lot more parking mm -hmm. opportunity from mm -hmm. the backside. So, yes, it, it's worth the extra little bit of looking it takes you. That's why it's called Good Book Hunting. You have to hunt that um, finding the location. Mm -hmm. It's it's absolutely worth going in. It's a I cute little I actually had somebody, they weren't trying to find you, but they were trying to find something else in the West, uh, Westminster Exchange. And he stopped me. He said, do you know where this address is? And uh, I said, well, no, I, I don't know that number, but okay, here's this. It's got to be <laughs> right along here. And then I realized... He was. He needed to go into Winchester Exchange. Right. Uh, he might have been walking up and down the street the rest of the day if I hadn't <laughs> gotten him in there. So I mentioned the Flower and Jazz Fest. I mentioned your story time for that particular day. But you do the story time every Saturday. Every yes. Saturday at 11. Yes. Mm -hmm. And what other special events sort of things coming that you guys want to let our listeners know about? 
Well, speaking of the Winchester Exchange, so we have been incredibly lucky that there were already some great businesses established in there mm -hmm. with fantastic, again, women business owners who have been so generous with their time and knowledge. And um, somebody said at one point, it's almost like a little family in here. And many, many days, it, it really is. Mm -hmm. um, so we all stay open um, until eight now on the first Thursday of every month. Um, and most months we work together and say, okay, well, we, like um, a couple months ago, we knew that the folks at Rape Crisis were moving into our building. They're going to have some clinical offices on the uh, upstairs, top oh, floor. floor. Uh -huh. um, and um, so we all, for that first Thursday month, we all gave them 10% of our sales nice. for that day. And we did a teacher appreciation this past Thursday. Mm -hmm. um, but um, Tiambe Page, who owns Cultivated, is just a retail genius. And she, um, it was originally her idea for us to contact bookstore owners like all over the place. Because okay. wow. she said, like, they know everything and you're not competition for them. Yeah, exactly. she, she was absolutely right. And she's got um, a really cute little shop. She does. She does. Um, she was she was voted best gift shop in Carroll County for 2022, and we were the runner up. Wow. So we always say like we're we're at this tiny little building. Yeah. We have some of the best shopping in Carroll County. Totally agree. Now another one because you mentioned um, rape crisis. I, I saw something recently for them associated with Pipe the Side, and I think mm -hmm. they've been a business partner of yours as well. Oh, yes, yeah. we're big fans of Pipe the Side. Uh, Ted is a book and a beer kind of guy, so you combine books with pipe and you've got his mm -hmm. two loves. So tell us yeah. a little bit about anything you have coming with them. I know you've done some things already. Yeah, we just did a book fair mm -hmm. with them. Um, the adult book fairs uh, have become very, very popular. Yes. Um, we've done them at Brewery Fire. We've done them at Pipe the Side now a couple of times. We basically do, if you remember going to your scholastic book fair in your school, mm -hmm. And you walk in and there's just every book you could ever want and then things that aren't books that your parents don't want you to get. <laughs> it's that, except for grown-ups. So we just kind of pop it up and, um, and kind of curate a collection of books mm -hmm. based on the event. If um, people have you know, some kind of specific theme that they would like to go with we can do that um but this was a general book fair yeah the side and we did um part of the proceeds for that also went to rape crisis as well so um we have we have done a couple of those now we're really happy with yeah, we, have another, now. we have another one coming up in june so um we're we're very proud that we're one of the sponsors of westminster pride mm -hmm. so one of the things that we did last year was um westminster pride is always the first or second Saturday in July, um, but Pride Month is June. So last year in June, we did a band book fair and Pipe the Side was there. We did it at Birdie's on Main Street oh, yeah. in Westminster, uh -huh. but Pipe the Side was there and some other vendors were there and we all gave a portion of our proceeds to Westminster Pride. Mm -hmm. um, so we call it like our fundraiser, okay. like our pre-Pride fundraiser. Mm -hmm. um, so we're doing that again this year on June 10th. Um, and this year, Covalent, the new distillery that opened, yes. they're going to make a couple of like pride themed cocktails and they'll be there. Um, so it's, it's fun. Like we found, we're very lucky that you can tie books into almost anything. Like sure. we, we've been able to partner with so many different small businesses because yeah. books go with everything. <laughs> yeah. And downtown Westminster does a great job. There are mm -hmm. a lot of big events that happen, you know, any 
couple of months of the calendar, there's some sort of event going on. So it just creates an opportunity for you guys to do something special that relates mm -hmm. to it. Mm -hmm. What is the best way for people to sort of keep an eye on what you have going? Um, I've, I've just been starting to do social media. Um, it's not really big for me, but I'm learning just so that it's because it's the best way to spread the word about things that we're doing. Mm -hmm. So um, is that the best way? Your website? How do we find out what is going on yeah. with Rudolph Girls? There are a lot of ways, actually. So um, social media is great. Um, we have Facebook. Instagram, Twitter accounts, um, and we post all of our events and goings-on on all three of those. Um, and then, yes, our website, RudolphGirls.com, um, you go on the front page and we have a link to our newsletter. We do a monthly newsletter where we kind of highlight all of the things that we're doing, including mm -hmm. our book clubs and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, we list our book clubs, story times, and then any upcoming events on the website. Um really excited that today we actually figured out how to link some of our events in such a way that if it's a ticketed event, you can just buy the ticket right from the website. Mm. Um, you don't even have to come into the store or give us a call. You can just yeah, order your tickets online. So um, <laughs> pretty proud of that one. Um, so we do have a couple of events coming up that you can check out on the website. Awesome. Yeah. It has been a great pleasure talking to you both. I'm sorry it took so long for us to get to you. We're all very busy, but I'm, I'm kind of glad it worked out that it is our Mother's Day episode is the one that you got to join us for. Not only our connection from years ago, Allie, but just hearing what you wonderful ladies are doing right now is just great. So um, thanks for being here. And um, we look forward to hearing more of what's going on with you guys. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Okay, so you just heard our interview with the Rudolph girls. I'm so glad that they could join us. Uh, and just to clarify at the beginning, we said something about them closing the store to come over here. <laughs> they didn't close the store early to talk to Ted and Lori. This was at their normal closing time. Yeah, we're not that big yet. <laughs> we're not, yeah, we're not that important. Oh my goodness, they're the, over there. Let's go. <laughs> So uh, we have some other book-related things to talk to you about, especially relating to moms. Um, lucky enough to talk with the Rudolph girls today. But as we mentioned before, there are two other um, bookstores in Carroll County. So we're going to give you a little bit of the information that we were able to get from, from them in preparing for this episode. So the last word is a bookstore. Actually, has two locations, one in Mount Airy, which is the one we are familiar with, and another in Savage, Maryland, which we'll have to get to someday. Um, there's actually a little bit of history to this store. There was a used bookstore in Glenwood, Maryland, that I used to go to sometimes. Uh, they went out of business. I think, I think it was a retirement thing. They just wanted to, they were done. But the last word, uh, all their bookshelves, and I think some of their books were from that that bookstore. So we went there one day, hoping to start conversation with bookstore book owner, and owner Erin was not there, but her mother Tony was there, and we ended up in a long conversation. I I wouldn't be surprised if we talked for an hour with, that day with them. Uh, Tony helps out in the store and was 
very nice, very fun to to talk to, and uh, told told us a lot of the things we were looking to to know about. And she said, you know, she would let her daughter know that we had talked, and we told her we would we'd be in touch because we you know we want to do like uh, Lori said a little bit earlier. I think we'd like to do an episode focused on each one of these places. Sometimes you know, beyond what we're, d- we're doing here today. So we still hadn't met Aaron. We'd uh, corresponded by email some. Had it, had it set up that we want to talk, we want to do something. Uh, and this, this, is, this falls into one of those things where the list of things we have to do that could be episodes just keeps getting bigger and, and, and bigger. There are things that we thought we would do in the first month that are still on the waiting list. So, uh, so we haven't gotten there, but I stopped in. And Erin was there. I got a chance to talk some with her, uh, reaffirmed her interest in doing something with us, uh, talked about her mom. We, we were really hoping to speak directly to her for this episode. Mm-hmm. And I gave Erin my phone number and said, um, tell your mom we'd like to, like to talk to her, give me a call, but no call. <laughs> Uh, Aaron said, uh, Tony has stage fright. I said, no audience. I don't have to be in front of anybody, but we didn't get to her. But um, I'm hoping we'll talk to her more another time. So um, one thing about that, um, Tony, I'm happy to say, is definitely interested in the show. Um, Ted doesn't really do the social media part as much I do. And I see when people like a post or share something that we've done. And um, Tony is pretty active with us on, on social media. So it's, I want to just say, if she hears the show before we get a chance to actually talk with her, that I appreciate very much her support, that um, she follows what we're doing. And um, it's, it's nice to see that. It makes me smile every time that I see her like something that we've posted or shares it because it just reminds me of the conversation that we had that day in the shop with her and she was truly a delight yeah and the stories are all different but the number of things we have like this are, are growing on yeah. us you know we're, we're meeting people people start to follow us mm-hmm. we're following other people mm-hmm. and it just it's uh it's spreading so the last word mount airy the one that we we know right now is is right on main street it's uh a nice Nice store, a mix of new and some used and books. Used. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, have at their checkout desk, I think maybe six shelves uh, where different employees uh, set up displays of things that they would like to draw attention to. And actually, we were kidding with Tony the day we were there. Her shelf was almost empty. Oh, that's right. I remember that. Mm -hmm. And she said it's because all of her book choices are so popular that (laughs) they don't stay on the shelf for long. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I forgot about that part. So as it relates to the mom piece of the show, that, you know, it's kind of cool that Erin's the the owner or the operator, but here she has her mom by her side. Talk about a supportive mother um, at Mother's Day, that she's got one of the biggest supporters there are because she works in her store. And um, not only does she support her, but she supports our show. And, um, you know, just looking forward to talking with her. They also have a lot of events that go on at The Last Word that are seem like either mom or at least woman um, sort of focused. And not to make it about gender because 
anybody can be interested in any event, but they have things like yoga in the bookstore, which usually speaks more to, to women than to men. So that's just kind of the cool stuff that they do in their shop um, that might be of interest um, to moms. And at the end of this, we have a, a sort of a quick wrap with all of the upcoming events that moms might be interested in, one of which is on Mother's Day that they are participating in. So we'll hold that for the end. We get a piece of paper and a pencil if you want to jot down some things. If you're listening and a mom and might be interested in uh, coming up with things to do next weekend, we have a couple of ideas for you. Okay. On to a likely story. A likely story. So, uh, Interestingly enough, we same. We've been wanting to get together with her. She is extremely busy. Um, Debbie is involved in lots of events of her own, as well as for the library. She's involved heavily in Battle of the Book, so she is a tough lady to to get in touch with. We will absolutely get to sit down with her at some point. It just hasn't happened yet, and just sort of you know serendipitous as we seem to have happened. We were here on Tuesday night recording our last episode, and I have to correct myself. At the beginning, I said that the last episode was you interviewing me, Ted, and it wasn't. 23 was Ted interviewing Lori, Lori's side of the story. 24 was Tuesday night, and it was about Battle of the Books. Oh, yeah, right. That was our interview with the girls um, from the winning team at Mechanicsville Elementary School, the Reading Red Pandas 2.0. You so, should tell the, about the message you got. Oh, yes, I absolutely will do that. So uh, there were five girls that were in that group, and uh, one of them reached out by Spotify. And it's the first time that we've got a comment, a written comment. We've gotten ratings, but we've not gotten a re written comment from one of the girls, her name is Jenna, to say that she had listened to the show. I had mentioned I'd love to see them again, that I hope that there is an opportunity for that. And Jenna's reply was that she hoped that she could, but she really wanted us to know how much she enjoyed meeting us and how much fun she had that evening. So I might have gotten a little excited about that. <laughs> do you remember me calling you down to say, Ted, I have to tell you something? Yes, I do. <laughs> we heard from Jenna. <laughs> so Jenna, if you're watching our show, not just yours, but now starting to watch the rest, thank you, dear. It was great to hear from you. You know, and Debbie Scheller, uh, yes. like the story, yeah. story uh, Lori and I have been interacting with her since the very beginning of this podcast. But I have a history with her that goes back Long longer time. than that. Yes been doing uh, book interviews, author interviews uh, that uh, Debbie is involved in. Mm -hmm. This goes back right to the beginning. One of my first interviews, uh, Wheeler was talking me up to Debbie, <laughs> <laughs> trying to get me some interviews. And it, it was just amazing timing, but she had... Uh, Laura Lippman coming for an event, had not arranged anything. So Lynn's talking to her and she looks at me and says, you want to interview Laura Lippman? I said, yes. <laughs> and uh, Well, okay, maybe. <laughs> no way. You jumped up and down, didn't you? <laughs> so I, 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 I'm somewhere beyond 30 interviews now. Mm -hmm. And I, I would guess at least three quarters of them. Absolutely. 
So my interaction with Debbie has been obviously for a much shorter period of time. Um, but the story that I was about to tell is that while we were here recording the battle episode on Tuesday evening, Debbie happened to be here. There was an event um, between her and the library coordinating in the large room here at Exploration Commons. There were two authors. Max Meow um, was the name of the book from John Gallagher and The Last Comic on Earth with um, Max Brelier. I hope I'm not saying his name right or not saying his name wrong. Um, but she was here with the books and the event for those authors being interviewed. So as I saw her, I went in and, and said hello, and I told her about my Mother's Day episode idea. And I said, Deb, I would love to talk to you. I know you're very busy. Do you think you could put together at least a book recommendation list for me? That if you're listening to the show and you're looking for a Mother's Day gift for a mom that is a big reader, she had some titles for me. So I'd like to give you the titles of the book. Um, I don't think I'm going to go through the entire explanation of the summary of each, but I will put that in the show notes so that everyone can do a little bit of research for themselves. Um, let me list the titles for you now, and I will also put that on our website um, so that you have a, a resource there. We don't specifically do book recommendations as a major part of the show. But this isn't just about that. It's about these are recommended not by Ted and Lori, but by someone who I consider much more of an expert, Debbie. She sells a lot of books. She reads a lot of books. She knows which ones are good. And she has a whole selection available at her store that would make great Mother's Day gifts. So if you're more of a fiction writer, there's one called River Sing Me Home. Uh, there is a second called The School for Good Mothers. If you're more interested in, say, a biography, there's one called Honey Baby Mine. In the nonfiction category, there is a book called Tell Me More. And then lastly, a book for fun is what she wrote to me. Mom, can I do my laundry at your house? <laughs> So um, definitely have more to say about each one of those. We will put that in the show notes and we'll write something on the website to direct you there. Um, I'd like to thank Debbie for taking the time out of her busy schedule to give us those recommendations. And we're recording this a week before Mother's Day. So you still have time to get in touch with Deb at her store to order these books or to go in there and do some shopping yourself. So we've talked a little bit about the last word and about a likely story. We got a chance to talk at length with the Rudolph girls, and we've told you about some friends of ours who have been inspirational book people and wrote books um, for their, their kids. There's one other, and this came up a few minutes ago, was the Battle of the Books. We had a team of five lovely ladies who were all excited and interviewed with us, and we got to speak with one of the moms. Her name was Hillary. Um, her daughter was Savannah. And then unfortunately, we didn't catch the name of Aida's mom, but she was the other coach for that battle team. She wasn't able to participate in the interview because she was taking care of her younger daughter. But um, I want to say here we're talking about book moms today, and they stand out to me. One of many. Those are just the two that we know. In addition to both Megan's, 
that we've talked about in previous episodes who were coaches for these battle teams as well. So just another area of moms that are book ladies that, you know, we want to sort of give a special nod and shout out to today is those that are coaches for the Battle of the Books, because what a tremendous effort um, to pull that off. So we um, we're just grateful for them, too. So I want to mention a couple of events that are coming up uh, if you're looking for something to do to celebrate Mother's Day. Next weekend, there is the Flower and Jazz Festival uh, in Westminster. That is Saturday from 10 to 4. There is actually a special event going on at the Rudolph Girls Bookshop that day. It's a reading of I Love Mom with the Very Hungry Caterpillar that is happening the same day as the Flower and Jazz Festival at 11. Uh, Nikki does a story time, so that's an event you might want to check out. The Flower and Jazz Festival obviously is a great downtown Westminster event to participate in as well. And then on Mother's Day, the last word is participating in the one that you mentioned at the beginning. The uh, spring, Mount Airy Spring Fair is Sunday, May 14th from 11 to 5 at the Mount, Air, Mount Airy Volunteer Fire Company Carnival Grounds. So you can certainly go there to see uh, the last word and the other activities that are happening. So if you're looking for Mother's Day activities, that would be a great one to check out next weekend. For all of you, I hope you have a great Mother's Day. Uh, thanks for listening. We look forward to talking to you again. And Ted, do you want to wrap it up with some regular information about how to get in touch with us? So you can follow us on our website, uh, two sides to the story.com. The second two is a digit. Our email is the same, except it's at yahoo.com. We're on Spotify and Apple and Google. you listen in and we'd like to also hear from you enjoy your reading